Happy afternoon. We are recording this on a Monday afternoon, so I hope you are enjoying your first day of the work week, whatever you are doing or when you are listening to this. I am Christian Dracek. I am the host of TXCPA Houston Virtual Rolodex, and I come today with another special guest, and they're all special, and his name is Will Hill. He has actually spoken at our tax expo the last two years, so he's visited Houston and hung out with our awesome tax practitioners here in Houston, but I'm going to give Will a little bit of a chance to say who he is and what does he do. Well, thank you, Christy. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. And uh, yes, I am Will Hill. Yes, that name rhymes if you're still thinking about it and are curious. So I'll go ahead and just call that one out for you. It's a mystery. Um, but uh, yeah, I have my own consulting practice. I work with uh, tax accounting firms all across the country. And uh, I do a lot of work around what I'll call business workflow consulting. Uh, as well as executive coaching for smaller firm owners. And so uh, a lot of times, especially in smaller, small-ish firms, um, and just thinking about staff size, number of partners from a designation perspective there, uh, you know, we're busy getting stuff done and being able to have an outside perspective and, and someone that says, hey, let me understand what your goals are and then where you see the hurdles, obstacles, and opportunities. And then let me help you kind of set the right things in motion. Maybe sometimes it's not even helping you with new ideas. Maybe you just need confidence. Maybe you need sequencing and the right frequency of action, that sort of thing, to help propel you forward. And just being part of their story. It is so much fun to be part of a firm's success story, Christy. Well, you kind of actually answered the third question too. Why should you be in every CPA's virtual Rolodex? <laughs> but what I want to know is because tax practitioners are such a niche little group, how mm. did you choose them to work with? Yeah, well, I'll let me go back to college, which is longer ago than I want to admit. And as I was sitting there in the managerial accounting class, everyone's personal favorite, by the way. Oh, yes. Um, it was the top <laughs> number 78. <laughs> Uh, the the head and I went to a small division three school in Michigan and the head of the department came up and he's like you've been through financial you're halfway through managerial now you've got the third highest grade of anybody but you're not on my list of majors and all I could think of was the amount of homework they gave me and I said yeah you're right I'm not and he goes do you want to be I'm like I don't think so that was a sales job. So if we want to want to look back at pipeline issues in the profession, that's the sales job going on right now for the accounting profession. Thank you. So I decided Thank you. I will take that. I will take that up and be like, <laughs> professors, you guys, you guys kind of got to do a better job with this. I mean, here's Will telling the story. <laughs> so you know, I I went ahead and decided to run away from accounting. Someone else asked me if I should be in technology. I thought that sounded like a terrible idea. So right out of school, I took a job with then Creative Solutions, now Thomson Reuters Tax and Accounting, right? Doing technical support for tax accounting firms. Uh, so accounting is like calling me and it won't leave me alone. You know, I, I spent 20 plus years and I I didn't, I like technology, but I'm not like a technologist developer kind of person. That's not really my personality. Um, and I, as I was there, I was trying to understand what do I, what do I want to do? 
I just dug in with the owners of firms and oftentimes the lead admin or head operations persons of firms who actually really run things more than the partners most of the time. And, and just made it my business to get to know what makes them tick and to really understand their, their life. Uh, and I've physically been inside of over 400 accounting firms across the U S just software implementation, business process work, work on their commercial engagement strategies, clients, those sort of things. And I feel like I really understand the mentality and the challenges that they face at different stages of firms because I've worked in firms of a lot of different sizes as well. And so as I struck out into entrepreneurship on my own, I, I just said, you know, I got to keep working with these people because maybe others do too, but accounting firm owners care about their clients. They actually care. They're not just getting paid. In fact, all too many of them are not getting paid enough. That's part of the problem we have in the profession as well, Christy. However, that's because they care about their clients. And I want to work with someone who cares about their clients. That that to me resonates. And that's a, a story I want to be a part of. So oh, that's why it. for me, it's accounting firms. Well, I just want to let you know, it's not too late to become a CPA. Never too late. Uh, you could be 80 years old and I'm still going to give you that story. So uh, I'm here to cheer you on to pass that CPA exam whenever you're ready. I got you. Got your back. Uh, I can get probably get you some discounts on some materials. I mean, it, it'll be easy peasy. Don't worry. About I have it. a master's degree, so I've got the 150 hours thing done. So see, see, <laughs> it's just we can do this. Will I can believe in you. But I think that's really interesting. You talk about CPA firms and the caring and not getting paid because I hear about the aging AR problem because they oh, I just I just don't want to call grandma and tell her that you owe me money you did the work um but it's also because we're people pleasers and that's why in this profession we're the trusted advisors so as you are consulting these firms and you're talking to them about their strategic viewpoints for the future their goals their roadblocks and everything What's one common theme can you talk about that smallish firms, medium-sized firms in the tax practice are facing this day and age? Yeah. So I'll say one thing is we look at other firms and our peers sometimes a little bit too much. So I had a conversation with a firm of mine, smaller firm, um, and the owner said to me, hey, these other firms that you know I hang out with, they're all growing and hiring. I feel like maybe we should too. And then the next part of the conversation became, hey, what are your personal goals to get out of firm ownership? Like, are, are you trying to take over the world? Do you want to just fund a nice retirement? Like what are the things you're not able to do in life right now that you want to be able to do? Are you living your best life right now and you don't want that to change? And I kind of got this blank stare back and the, and the response was, we really don't talk about that too much. And to me, that's a common problem, especially in smaller firms that are truly kind of three and less partners. Like, what are you really trying to get out of your business? That should be dictating a lot of 
where you're trying to go. Do I want to grow higher and, and drive more? Or, you know, let's face it, most firms don't have problems getting work right now, right? <laughs> so, hey, how do you how do you protect the home front if that's of more value to you without getting stale, right? Is if we just shut off the sales switch, <clears throat> Christy, that takes a while sometimes to turn back on. Yes. So how do we how do we keep it at a slow drip to where we can crank the faucet a little bit and then pull it back down as we have to deal with attrition or other uh, service expansion opportunities that come that we don't want to miss? So to me, the biggest thing challenge we're facing is both in technology and growth, doing what everybody else is doing. And I think it comes back to a common problem of we really haven't captured what we want our business to achieve. Historically, we've had a lot of conversations about why, right? Simon Sinek, Golden Circle, what's your why? All this okay. kind of stuff. I do this because, good, that's part one. It's not far enough. What are you trying to achieve with your why? I have nothing to, to hit at and chase after that, right? Then I can't make the decisions about hiring, outsourcing, technology, right? That, so to me, that's where it all comes back. Then we can go out and say, what are my peers who have similar goals? What are they doing? Have they messed with technology ABC? What are they doing for an AI adoption? Because they're chasing similar goals to me. What have they been successful with? Where can I leverage that and shortcut some of the pain? Because they've already been through it and they're my buddy. They're going to help me get there a little bit faster, better, stronger. So I... I know that's not quite the direct answer you were looking no, at, I but think that's it's what fabulous. I think is important. I think it's fabulous because it really brought to face of, we always do look at the Joneses, the Smiths, what are they doing? And we're chasing that. And going back to your why and how are we going to get to our why, my why? Because my why is going to be different than Joe Smith's. And maybe I want to retire in 10 years. But Joe is going to grow his firm for the next 50 years. Well, why would I be mimicking him when I'm looking at, well, I'm going to be selling him 10 years. I need to look at what does that look like? Because right. I've been on way too many um, seminars lately about selling firms that like you have to have at least <laughs> five. It looks like five years and then you start planning. You can't just yeah. do it all in one year. But yeah, I think that's really interesting. The comparison, how that can get us stuck in the mud to say, you know, well, they're doing this well, but their why is different. I like that perspective. So and it's not just the why, it's the goal, right? Because we could have the same why. Mm -hmm. I want to be an educational front point for people that are disadvantaged when it comes to running a small business and they're taken advantage of. It's not fair just because the tax system is difficult and because they're flooded with other information besides what really matters on the accounting and the books and the transactions. I could have two people that had that same why, but then how they want to translate that why into their goals are very different, right? So what are what are those goals? And not just saying, oh, here's two sole practitioners. They must have the same goals. I have two clients, sole practitioners, virtually the same age, probably about five years apart in age. One of their goals, grow, double in the next couple of years. The other one, do not grow, protect my family life and my routine at all costs. And that's where I love doing what I do as a consultant is that I don't care what your goal is. 
I'm going to push you a little bit. It's right. And it's, there's a little bit of aggressiveness behind the goal mm -hmm. and, and so that you can have some confidence in your action. But then we're going to look at what do we need to do and execute on no matter which, which way and which lane you're trying to swim down. So. Oh, I love that. And I'm betting that, you know, your clients love the accountability and the sounding board that you provide them. Because mm -hmm. when we listen to all the voices that are like, you need to do this and this and this and this, and you, it gets all jumbled up. But to have someone such as yourself saying, the only skin in the game is I care about you. Let's mm -hmm. like, and here's goes down the process. So, you know, when new clients reach out to you, what are, you know, some things that you make sure that they understand about uh, having a relationship with you? You know, one of those items, and in fact, I had this conversation maybe three times in the last couple of months with uh, one with a new client and a couple that we're going to talk after taxis. I'm sure there'll be new clients after that, Christy. I'll, I'll put some confidence in my sales abilities. But they just kind of said, hey, I've had other business coaches before. But what's different here is that you understand this profession and this industry. And so I think that's a little bit of what sets me apart. There, there are people that know more about tax and accounting than I do. There are people that know more about um, people development and enriching HR issues within your firm and staff development than I do. There are business coaches that might have better time management tricks and tips than I have. But the ability to understand the seasonality of the business, the flow, the pain, um, what does it mean to change software out? The ability if we decide that, hey, we're going to make a transition and I can also be your outsourced project manager for a software transition at the same time because I understand how that feeds in and pairs with your goals. That's, that's the kind of combination that really does not exist um, there are people that are capable of it, but they've chosen to focus in, in some different areas that are out there. Right. Um, but I think that's something that really kind of sets things apart. Say, oof, here he is knowledgeable enough in the business. Isn't going to teach me anything technically, but when it comes to the strategy areas of growing the firm, it's going to come heavily contextual to the profession that we're in. So and that is really changing the world there because when you talk about software integration and project planning about that, um, I love you accountants, I love you CPAs, but that is not one of your strong suits unless you have taken some training on it or you know, you've been thrown into the fire and you just had to figure it out. Project planning, especially a software implementation, one, never goes on budget, never goes on time budget, and there's a lot of pivots in the road. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? I mean, no, I I've mean, only been through a few. It's just, you know, that's right. that was my experience of like, oh, this would be great. It'll be done in six months. And it's two years later, like, yeah, we're almost there. The importance of having a plan a lot of times when it comes to software change or any other kind of change in your firm is not so that it goes perfectly. It is so that when something doesn't go as we anticipate, we understand the impact. Oh, look, we're only at week two of six. This has a big impact. Now we're going to be at 10 weeks. What does that mean for that extra month that was supposed to be 
ending on 10.15. Oops. Okay. Now we got a problem. Do we make this an, an extra month long of a project to take a pause? Do we have to divert other resources and accelerate, right? So it isn't, the plan is not about so that we can be perfect. The plan is so that we understand what is the impact of those things which go against the plan and are imperfect. Yeah, and that's where the pivoting comes into play. Like mm -hmm. when you have the total picture, you know, it helps understand like, oh, okay, this, what we were sold said this, but really with our systems, it's not going to work. So we're going to have to do some modifying. It may be, you know, and having someone with your background, you'll be able to say, okay, here's how this is going to go. And, and probably mm -hmm. putting words in your mouth, but. The aliens did not strip everything I know of Will Hill out of my head, <laughs> but he is good at, you know, that seeing down the road. So, uh, so now it's tax season, Will, are you just going to be relaxing yeah. for the next few months, just kicking up your feet? <laughs> well, so I, the majority of my clients, we work on a monthly basis. So we've, we've still got monthly work that goes through the year. I think that one of the mistakes we've made in this profession historically has been to say it's tax season. Everything except for client tax work gets put on hold. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are times where things are busy and we got to, we got to shift resources, but so long we've taken this January 15 to April 15 and hiatus from all things growing, improving and changing our business and just put it to the shelf that we've accelerated what we have to do. It feels like it's so much pressure and we miss, we really miss opportunities to say, how, what are we looking for during tax season? What are we, what are we putting into place? That's new. Are we taking notes and making tweaks in February with something that's new and different? Do we plan for that? Like we, we got a lot of opportunity that we have through that busiest time of the year and to constantly be in that mode of, hey, we're again, where are our goals? What needs to be changed? Identifying those things to see if we can take action. If you've identified your tax software isn't fitting your needs, uh, right now may or may not, probably not, be the right time to do that. I get that. However, some of the other changes around, hey, who's communicating with clients? How are we leveraging the personnel because we're wrestling with staff capacity and one of my goals is to only work 45 hours a week as an owner. Well, then I've got to shuffle duties around. So how does that flow through, right? So we got to continue to make tweaks and and some of those adjustments uh, throughout uh, throughout taxis. So yeah, the continuous yeah. improvement. I like that. And having you there to say, hey, don't forget, because the thing is, tax season doesn't stop April 15th. It, there's, you know, so many deadlines and with extensions and such, you know, and along with that, you know, I could see, you know, even with financial reporting deadlines and bank deadlines and everything that is true. Like we would be like, oh, it's year end. All projects are on hold. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. guess what? There's little snippets of time. So maybe you can just, but if you're seeing something that's not working during taxis and I hope, you know, you, I'm sure you're telling clients, hey, drop me an email. Let's, you know, keep a record of these and see what we can do. Cause it would suck to be April 17th and be like, oh, that would have been a nice improvement on 
February 1st. And I, you know, I hope that all the firms listening to this are, have already on their calendar, a tax debrief meeting ready with their firm for end of April. Right. Um, and if you need some ideas on that, Hey, now I'm in your virtual Rolodex and now you can reach out to me and we can talk about ideas of how to do that effectively. Right. Um, but I, I hope that date's already in the calendar. And I think when, when we look at trying to improve areas and get feedback from the whole team, if we don't tell them that there's going to be a time for feedback, when we do show up on a Tuesday and say, Hey, we'd like feedback on tax season. What's going to, you're going to get whatever emotionally is there at the top of them of their mind at that moment. Right. But if you tell me now, Hey, April 23rd, we're getting together and kind of hash out tax season. Look at what was awful. As you come across things, here's a sheet to put up things that made you mad in the moment. It felt, you know, later on, it might feel small, but it was big then. Well, five of us experienced it out of seven, but all five of us later thought it was, and eh, it was just a small thing. We don't bring it up. Wait a minute. We really should be addressing it, but we haven't. So we've got to let them know when that feedback time is coming and kind of facilitate their recollection, if you will, even if it's just, hey, here's a shared Google sheet, or this is, you know, uh, send a post to this internal site once a week on the things that irritated you. I know it sounds so positive and uplifting, right? Uh, well, no, I mean, we've got to facilitate that opportunity. Well, I'm just thinking like the little stone that goes into your shoe. It's very irritating until you get it out and then you forget about it until the next stone. Well, it's those mm -hmm. little, little irritations that build up to be a stressful tax season to yeah. make a stressful day, those little irritations. And if you can keep track of them and say, you have a debrief and say, okay, how can we, you know, fix this? Especially if it's five out of seven us having a software problem. Like it's not loading at three o'clock in the afternoon because it's tired on the server or something like that. You know, that's a problem. Is that a capacity um, problem or is that software problem? What, you know, so if you don't know the problem, you can't solve this kind of what I'm trying to yeah. reach around to. And I loved how you said, yes, you will be in the virtual Rolodex because everyone, his contact information will be in the story notes, the show notes, sorry, not story, show notes of the YouTube video and the podcast. So yes, if you're listening to this and you want to see our smiling faces, make sure you head over to YouTube. If you're watching this and you're like, you know what, the smiles were just way too much for this sunny day. Go listen to us on the podcast station. But Will, thank you so much for being. Is there any last wise words you want to end with today? You know, I would just, as you look at improving and growing your firm, I already mentioned, know what your goals are. So if you can't articulate those, that's your next task. Take time to figure out what those are so you can't articulate them, right? And, and then as you look at, Reaching that forward, I want you to focus on the what's the problem you're trying to solve, right? And, and that's so often we'll chase after shiny penny, we'll chase after everything new that's grabbing our attention, and we'll get pulled into where others want our attention to go and not focus on where we need the attention to be, which is the problem we're solving, which is stopping us from getting at our goals in a more confident way in a stronger way. So that would be my other, other areas just to hone in on that problem to solve as, as you go forward, Christy. 
Oh, I think that was wonderful. And what a wonderful way to end. Thank you, Will, for being a guest. Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching. And I will check you out later. Thank you. Thank you.